Section 6 of Birds and All Nature, Volume 4, Number 6, December 1898, recorded for LibriVox. The Flying Squirrel With the exception of Australia, squirrels are found in all parts of the globe. They extend tolerably far north and are found in the hottest parts of the south. As a family, they are lively, quick, and nimble in their movements, both in trees and upon the ground, flying squirrels alone being ill at ease when upon the surface of the earth. In compensation for this, however, they are possessed of a faculty which enables them to make exceedingly long leaps, which they take in an obliquely descending direction. The nocturnal flying squirrels, says Bram, differ from the diurnal tree squirrels, mainly in having their fore and hind legs connected by a wide flying membrane. This membrane acts as a parachute and enables them to execute considerable leaps with ease in an inclined plane from above downward. This membrane consists of a stout skin extending along both sides of the body, thickly grown with hair on the upper side, while the lower one shows but a scanty covering. A bony spur at the first joint of the forelegs gives a special strength to the membrane. The tail serves as an effective rudder and is always vigorous, though it is not of the same conformation in the different species, one group having it simply bushy, while the other has the hair on it arranged in two lateral rows. There are also slight differences in the structure of the teeth. The flying squirrel of North America, Asapan, is next to the smallest variety of the whole species, the jaguan, or East Indian, being the largest, nearly equaling a cat in size. The fur of the North American flying squirrels is exceedingly soft and delicate. In captivity they suffer themselves, by day, to be gently handled, making no effort to bite with their little sharp teeth as other squirrels do. Overcome with sleep, they lie curled up in their cage, as much hidden from view as possible, rarely bestirring themselves before nine o'clock at night. Then, on the upper edge of the sleeping box, which one must give them as a substitute for their nest, a round little head becomes visible. The body follows, and soon one of the little creatures sits on the narrow edge of the box with a graceful squirrel-like attitude, the flying membrane half folded against its body, half hanging down in a soft curve. The small expanded ears move back and forth, as does the bewhiskered muzzle, and the large dark eyes inquisitively scan the cage and surroundings. If nothing suspicious is visible, the asapon glides down like a shadow, always head first, whether the plane be inclined or vertical, without any noise, without the perceptible movement of the limbs, the greater part of which is covered with the membrane. It proceeds on the woven ceiling of the cage, back downward, as if it walked on level ground. It rope dances over thin twigs with unsurpassed precision and agility at a uniform speed spreading its membrane to the full. It darts through the whole space of the cage like an arrow, and the next instant seems glued to the perch, without having made an effort to regain its balance. During all this moving about, it picks up a crumb, a nut, a grain of meat from its dish, drinks, sipping more than it laps, washes its head with saliva, combs its hair with the nails of its forefeet, smooths it with the sole of its small paws, turning, stretching, stooping all the while as if its skin were a bag in which its body sits quite loosely. After hunger and thirst are somewhat appeased and the toilet over, a playful humour succeeds. Up 
and down, head upward or inverted, along the ceiling or the floor, running, jumping, gliding, soaring, hanging, sitting, rushing ahead as if it could move a thousand joints at once, as if there were no such thing as gravity to be overcome. End of section 6